Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Waltrip. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. One of our ongoing thesis, our deepest thesis, if you are new to this show, welcome. We believe that all businesses need to be digital first. This is the year 2023. All businesses not only need to be digital first, but they also need to be in the hospitality business. Now, we turned our barbecue restaurant into a media company leveraging technology that we have in our hands. One of the coolest things about this show is that I get to meet founders of all different types of companies that are helping business owners with the internet. Uh, it's crazy to think that in 2023, I still have conversations today with business owners who don't believe in the internet. Now, I say that with tongue in cheek, knowing that everyone does believe in the internet, but their actions don't back that up. Um, the things that they do with their website, the things that they do in their tech stack, they don't back up their action, the words that come out of their mouth. So I, we know that the people that listen to this show, you guys are true internet believers. That's why you're always looking for the latest and greatest. Um, today, I have David Joseph, the co-founder of Davo by Avalara. Uh, Davo is a one-stop shop for tax automation. Um, I wish I had found Davo back in 2008, back when we first opened Cali Barbecue, but we're going to get into not just tax, but we're going to get into David's background because he is a restaurateur, a hospitality evangelist at heart, and he, uh, he's been on this digital hospitality journey, whether he, knew, whether he knew what he was calling it or not. So David, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Sean. Great to be here. You know, so much of what you just said is, is so relevant. And, and it just makes me think back to like my early days in the restaurant. Yes. Um, you know, and, and our restaurant was, we, we did six renovations of our restaurant over 15 years. So we were like constantly expanding. We grew from 25 seats to 160 seats. Wow. Over that time. And we just took over storefronts and continually grew. So we were really progressive in, in trying to expand the restaurant um, and often got ahead of ourselves on things. But what comes to mind is, I was actually the very first restaurant in New Jersey to have open table. Oh, really? Yeah. See, so, you're an so early like, adopter. Talk you're... about tech early technology. Yes. You know? Like I remember the guys coming in and running a DSL line into yes. the restaurant. Like in like this was like probably 99, 2000, like Amazing. somewhere around there. And yep. we were at the New York restaurant show. And my manager comes over. He's like, you got to see this, man. These guys have our reservation book on online like people can make reservations online you know and and my my manager was this kind of computer geek uh guy he was an economics major you know and he would change prices of specials during the night based yes. on how they were selling you know dynamic pricing <laughs> you know and, and so he was great but but he looked at the reservation book and he's like this is exactly what we have on paper Yes. So people can use it online. So so talk about being ahead, you know, really not not visionary, but we were always looking for ways, you know, for us the challenge of the reservation book was someone would take a reservation when it was on a on just a, a clipboard, yep. they could erase it and yep. make a four top a six top. You yep. know, and you know, the books it, it's really scientific as to how the flow in the kitchen and how many tables, how many chairs do you have, you know. Yes. And so the, we looked at this and said you know, if we can track our customers and say, like, add two more reservations a month or something, two more four tops a month that are per head, per seat count, we'll pay for it, yes. you know? And I remember standing there with, with Craig, our, our former manager, and he's like, holy shit, look at this. Someone just made a reservation from their car, you know? That was like <laughs> the real early, like, yes. like Lincoln or Cadillac had this connection and you could make an online reservation. Like this was just like um, Mind -blowing. amazing to us. Eye-opening. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was the real beginning of it. And you know, who was before open table? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, that's that's what excites me the most. That's why we believe so much in this show. I mean, we've been putting it on since 2017 and still in 2023, you know, I got asked recently to do a, an article um, for Seven Shifts, one of our tech partners in our tech yeah, stack. And sure. uh, it was just about our technology journey. And so much of why we believe in this show is because so much technology has come into our lives 
into our businesses and what do we do with that technology you know and right. when we get back to the to the basics of being an entrepreneur and being in the hospitality business and opening up a restaurant bring me back to blue sky cafe you know your first restaurant bring me back to 1989 because you know that that's the edge of the entrepreneurial cliff where you said okay yeah this is what yeah, yeah. i want to do <laughs> well, right. why why restaurants why did why did you open up blue sky cafe so so I was not trained in the restaurant business. You know, it was it was like this sort of serendipity, you know, the long short it was. I I had been to a lot of events. I was trained as a musician, classically trained musician. Uh I was in an orchestra, went on strike. Juilliard school? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And you know, Yale. Yes. And, and I, you know, and nobody as a friend of mine says, nobody told you about the Lance part of freelance, you know. <laughs> and 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 I had this love of food. I'd been all over Europe, ate great food, you know, in these small little French bistros in Italy. And, and I came back here and I was like, God, look at the crap people are putting out for catering. You can do that. I can do that. I mean, yeah. this is not hard. And, and I had an event. I did one event. And someone it was, it was there who was with a big law firm. And he's like, I want you to come cater at our law firm. Can you do this? And can you do this? And before I knew it, we were doing all this catering and I didn't know it. We knew nothing about what we were doing. Yep. And I was contracting with another caterer to do it. And eventually it, at a certain point in time, it was just like, we got to do this ourselves. And I found this little hole in the wall place that was empty and it sat empty. We moved into it. We were doing catering out of there. I hired a chef. I raised a little bit of money, like 15 grand. You know, do you remember? Food. Do you remember the pitch? Do you remember what what the? What oh yeah, did? it was like you know I have this contract with this law firm. You know we're gonna rock it, and yeah. they want us to do vending. They wanted us to put in vending machines, uh, so we put in a food vending machine that we made all the food for. Wow! It was all subsidized, and the employees paid two dollars and fifty cents for a meal, and we wow. built them the difference. And, and so I had a foot, a, a little bit of a footing, a little bit of cash flow. And, and we ended up doing the vending for almost 10 years, wow. like a Coke, chips, food. And we ended up with two big law firms and we did it for it. They subsidized it. Um, but the space, one day I'm in, the, in our space. And the goal was, the original vision was we would have this catering business and then a retail store. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there one day and then looking up at the ceiling, I'm like, shit, we're paying rent on 20 foot ceilings here. You know, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. We could put a second floor in yep. and open a restaurant. And, and that's what we did. We ended up putting in this loft that expanded it from 10 seats in a little cafe into 28 seats, hired this chef. And on a Friday afternoon, he's like, uh, we were maybe like three, four months in. And, uh, and he says, I got to go to the bank to cash my check. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay. And he goes to the bank, cashes check. And I'm looking at my watch, three o'clock, three 30, no chef, no chef. Oh no. Book full of reservations. Like oh, it was no. a gift from the, from the first day, you know? Yeah. And, and, and my, this, I had a friend who became, who was a waitress from day one till the day we closed 18 years. She was a waitress for us. Incredible. And Patty says to me, what are we going to do? And I'm like, nah. I'll cook. How hard? This isn't rocket science. Come on. How hard can it you know? be? Yeah. And, 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 you know, you know, the kitchen was a freaking disaster. It was totally a disaster, you know, and we ended up hiring somebody else. And I, I would, you know, and I learned my way around the kitchen and I figured it out and, and we grew to the, to the next level. We took over the next storefront. We went from, you know, 28 seats to 40 seats to 60 seats. And the catering business was growing too. And eventually we had, took on another room. We called it the ballroom and it was a banquet yep. room. And we're, so we were that equation of like, you know, 90 seats a la carte with like 60, 70 seats of banquet, you know? And so, and, and that, that's been a formula. That was a real formula for a lot of places in New York. You know, we were 20 miles from Midtown and we were a BYO restaurant. So we didn't have the advantage of liquor to, yep. to support us. We made hundred percent of our revenue on food, coffee, and bottled water. That was it. That was it. We weren't selling a beer. We weren't yep. selling martinis. We were selling food, coffee, and bottled water. That was it. And we did six days a week, brunch on Sundays. We ran, you know, 28% food costs. 
which we had to run because- How were you calculating your food cost at the time? <laughs> so, so here's how we did food costs. You know, I we ran an Excel sheet. As I said, I had this economics major who was my our manager. He had these charts all over the wall and which I had stuff. And so I made a chart for the kitchen. And it was it was an Excel sheet, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every vendor we bought from. And we would track every penny we spent every day. At the end of the day, I'd go to the POS. How much money did we earn today? And what I eventually learned was what we're buying, it's it's the proportion, it's real food costs. You yeah. know, what do we spend and what do we earn? Yeah. And and this is this has not changed. I always tell restaurant owners, look, man, you need to know this number on a daily basis. What did you, you did not buy food today from Cisco, yep. from Restaurant Depot? You invested, you made yep. an investment. And what was the return on investment of this food for you? And you know, when you say to someone, what are your food costs? Last month my bookkeeper told me we were running about I'm like what? You know, what about the guy walking out the door with a roast beef in his bag? You know, you, you need to know your food costs every single day. You need to know every penny you spend, what does it earn? You know, and, and my accountant used to used to say to us, like, like, walk me through this. And I would say, well, I look, we, we sell a lot of duck. And so my meat guy was like, why are you buying duck breast? Why aren't you buying whole ducks? You will save so much money buying whole duck. And I'm like, yeah, but it's so much like work butchering. And, and he says, he said, not if you really can do it and utilize everything. And yes. so we served duck breast. We served duck confit. We served fur feather stock. So we had feather stock, you know, yep. all our chicken, all our, and at the end of the day, I trained one of my prep guys just to break down ducks and man, boom, boom, boom. We, you know, and so we were making on just the stock, you know, we'd serve a consomme. We're paying for the entire thing. The rest yep. of it was free. The rest of it was all profit. Lobster, you're making lobster bisque out of the bodies, the tail and the claw meat where everybody wants. It becomes, you know, and this is how you get the 28% food cost. So we became right. very, very not scientific. Yeah, but it was still on a clipboard. You know? But that's the, I mean, the it's, I love that story and I love those stories and the people that listen to this, you know, whether you're in the restaurant business or you're a small business owner, all of it matters. You know, what we're talking about is, is data points that we have in our business that before you would need a pen and paper and the know-how to write this stuff down and then get it all together and also run your business. But sure. now because of the internet, because of cloud computing, because of all these tools, these technologies that we have, we can actually run our business and figure out how to grow our business, how to be more profitable instead yeah. of doing all these archaic tasks that used to be very cumbersome. I mean, just sure. from online reservations to, you know, why you created Davo. I mean, well, think about us, payroll. Think about uh, payroll. Bring, bring me to payroll to, to tell okay. me about, tell me about doing payroll. So, so payroll, I remember, you know, the punch cards. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know. of course. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, on every Wednesday, my bookkeeper, Claire would come in. She'd take all the punch cards at 9am and at 12 noon, she'd come upstairs and she'd say, you know, all the cards are ready to be called in, but this person, this person, this person didn't punch out. Yes. You know, so when they come in tonight, I need you to ask them what day did they punch out? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. what time you punched out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, and then, you know, Thursday, she'd be on the phone, you know, office door closed, calling in payroll, calling in tips to ADP. Yep. Friday afternoon, you know, three o'clock. The ADP guy would come walking through the door, give me an envelope. I'm signing all the paychecks, you know, yep. on the cooking line for the managers to hand out up front. You think about that. So just think about the labor that went into that. How many right. hours of, of Claire's time, you know, the bookkeeper's time calling all that. Okay. Here's today. You walk in, you walk up the toast, you walk in seven shifts. Boom. I signed in. Okay. And now it says, oh, your shift doesn't start for 15 minutes. Oh, so you, it won't let you clock in. Correct. Or, hey, 
I'm running 20 minutes late. Can you clock me in? You know, you can't yep. do that anymore because it's taking a picture of your face like Clover. Yeah. So, so you have, first of all, you have all of that that's saving you on that side. Next, it gives you the report. Do you approve to this this week's payroll? You know, and, and you either, yes, no, you do a quick review, send, boom, done. You don't sign any checks, direct deposit into everybody's bank. Yeah. You know? Okay, so you took what was maybe three, four hours Correct. of labor, and you've put it, you've reduced it to fifteen minutes. Yeah, you know, and this is Davo. This is exactly what what Davo is. You know, I walked out of the kitchen and 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 I said one day, why can't someone do sales tax the way ADP does payroll? Why can't someone do this? Sales tax sucks. It sucks. Sales tax it sucks. adds nothing to the bottom line of your business, zero. Someone tells me, oh, I use it for working capital. God bless. If you can manage that, go for it, man. But let me tell you something. The first time you miss that payment, all that working capital that you use, you just paid so much in penalties and interest. It is so not worth using it. Go get a credit card with a line of credit on and just use a line of credit or get a line of credit from your bank. Do yep. not use the state's money. Yep. You know? So. That we were constantly, as I mentioned, we did five renovations. Each of those renovations are, you know, what it costs to do, do this. You know, you're undercapitalized. You're flying by the seat of your pants over, you know, I used to say, what do you, triple the time, double the money, triple the time, you know, <laughs> for any kind of kids or the other way around, double, yeah. you know, whatever it is. But it's always takes longer and costs more than you think. And, and you know, we'd get behind on sales tax and the holidays would come around and we'd get caught up. You know, and yep. this was a constant for us. Uh, and and one day, the, our state auditor, I was on a first name basis with him, Jim Donnellan, our tax auditor, walks in the back door and, and says, you know, you owe me $80,000. And I'm like, what? You know, I know I haven't paid you. And he says, well, you haven't paid us in four months. And I'm like, yeah, but there's no way we owe you 80000 Yeah. And, and he said, I noticed you did a renovation. And and I I I was like, well, how'd you come up with the number? He said, well, I went in and I talked to your hostess and I got a a, a menu from her. She was kind enough to give me the menu, <laughs> and I sat in my car on a Saturday night and I counted all the people going into your restaurant, and 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 then I took an appetizer, entree, dessert, number of people, seven nights a week, four months. You owe me eighty grand. I'm like, that's bullshit. That, that, forget you can't. First of all, not every night's a Saturday night. Not yes. everybody gets an appetizer, entree, dessert. You know. And I went down the whole list, and he just looked at me and he said, "Prove it." And and he had every right to do that. And he was like, "Oh, and by the way, I'll be back in two weeks to to collect, uh, you know, twenty grand, or I'm going to shut you down." So we 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 adjusted the menu. It was a lot of pasta for the next two weeks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> high margins and we we got it paid but at the end of the day we owed we had like 30 30 grand it was about we used to pay about eight grand a month in sales yep. tax. but it was a constant struggle and at that point uh i had a new manager and what, what year was this this was like 99 okay 2000 2000 uh, when, when the internet when the internet ended the earth when y2k happened Exactly. <laughs> I remember that. It's all yeah. just kept crashing down. Yeah. And uh, we did two seatings that night. I totally remember it. There you go. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so my manager, she, she's far smarter than me. It, now my wife at that time, she, she said to each of our shift managers at the end of your shift, I want you to take the sales tax line from, from the register, take the cash out, put it in an envelope, mark the date, and you're going to drop it in this safe. And so we were doing a daily set aside of our sales tax out of wow. cash each day and had that discipline. And, and it, I was looking at my cash register and, or our point of sale, and I was looking at the credit card terminal. And I was like, look, I have a merchant cash advance. If my bank can take 5% of every New York Times credit card that comes through here, Yes. Why can't you take 7% of my credit card sales and just put it aside? I'll be 80% there at the end of the month automatically. Yep. I won't have to do anything. I'll be there 80%. I can come up with the other 20% of sales tax. And I went to the bank, Chase Manhattan Bank. 
at that time. I think it's uh, it's Chase is still around. I went to Chase and I said, can you guys do this with my credit cards? Can you take 7% and just put it in a separate account? I don't want to see it. And they're like, no way. Nope, can't do that. And little did I know at the time, they couldn't do that. And they still can't do that. Wow. But the idea just stuck with me. And my accountant at the time said, you know, David, you have like lots of ideas. <laughs> he goes, this is your best one. <laughs> you just, finally, you hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> you finally have a good one. So, uh, so I went to one of my customers and who was a friend of ours. And I said, listen, man, I have this idea. I think it's pretty good. And, it, you know, I think if we, I think that there's a, a, an idea here of putting sales tax aside from credit card receipts and automating this. And so he said, let me do some research. And so this was 99 and like nobody, nobody was even, he, he comes back. He's like, nobody's even talking about sales tax. This is like, there's nothing out there. Yep. And, and, you know, I knew he did pretty well in what he did. He worked for Chase. Uh, and so I figured, well, he works for a bank. He must know, you know, and it turns out he has no, no clue. <laughs> uh, he, he's a, he was a currency trader. So, but he had no clue, but, but we became partners and he said, you know, unless we actually own this process, we'll never go anywhere because some big organization, like some bank is going to, you're going to go in and say, I have this idea. They're going to, uh, you know, and they'll steal it. Yep. If it's good. So, so we went to a patent attorney in New York that he knew. It did some patent work and they were like, this is not patentable. No. So we went to another one who did some other stuff. And this guy actually had done the head of the IT department there had done a lot of work for like uh, on process patents for electronics companies. And he listened to us and he said, this is totally patentable. We think this is patentable. You have, but you have to solve the cash sales. Basically what I was saying is set aside the sales tax from credit card receipts, you know? Yeah. But what about cash? What about the cash sales? And, you know, today you have places that are digital only. So, but it's it's moving that way, but there was always cash. It was always 20%. And we're walking down the street in New York and and my wife says, you know, we weren't married yet. But I said, she's the one with all the brains. And she says, we'll just take the cash out of the credit card receipts. Okay. So you, this was the patent. And this is, we ended up getting the patent 10 years later. In 2010, 2011. 10 we years. Paid, that, wait, 10 years. I just want people, people, to, people to understand yeah. how long, how long this company from, from birth of the idea to the actual oh. patent. <laughs> this yeah, is just that the was 10 years. And that, yes. at that point, we still knew nothing. We mm-hmm. still knew nothing. But the, the, the patent says, you know, you have a hundred percent of sales and your sales tax on a hundred percent of sales is, you know, 8% of total sales, we'll just call it $80. That's yep. cash, credit, gift card, check, reef, all your sales. But we're going to take that 80 bucks out of your credit card receipts. Yep. Okay. So that, that was the patent. When we got the patent in 2011, we started actually doing this. We realized it's impossible to do that. Well, it's not impossible, but credit card companies just don't want to do it. They can't. They haven't built yep. the technology. They built the technology to take 7% of Visa MasterCard, yes, but not 7% of total sales. And so it becomes a little more complicated. So we actually don't do that process today. Certain companies like Square, because they control the, 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 the card receipts, could yep. do it, but they'd be infringing on the patent. Yep. Stripe, they could do it, but they'd be infringing on the patent. But the, the, we ended up just doing a debit from the merchant's bank account to do this. And, and what's so interesting with technology is it was a, it, the stars aligned for us, essentially. We got the patent. Yes. But there was no way to use it. We needed data. We needed data. The only place that we thought we could get data was from like QuickBooks into it. Yep. And we ended up at a trade show. We were trying to educate ourselves on merchant processing and and all this stuff. We ended up at the RSPA show in Las Vegas, retail suppliers. And these are the guys who sell cash registers, essentially, POS systems. And there are these two guys there, Mark Schultz. The the pre-POS. Pre-POS. No, yeah. Cash registers. No, it was the very beginning. This was like 2013. We meet these two guys, Mark Schultz and John Beatty, and they have this POS called Clover. And they say to us, you know, we're starting this POS and it's like your phone. 
you have an app on your phone for for tracking your steps and for you know whatever this pos you'll put an app on there for a pizza shop you'll put an app on there to schedule for a hair salon each one will be you'll be able to to customize this cash register and we were like oh great and they're like well what do you guys do and we're like we automate sales tax and we knew nothing we had no idea what we were doing and they were like oh build us an app we're like okay so we were one of the very first apps on Clover and then Clover got bought by Pfizer and we got wow. sort of rolled into that. And we're now one of the top selling paid apps that people actually have to pay for on Clover That's as well incredible. as a bunch of, the, of the other POS. So, you know, we did other integrations and we, we totally flew by the seat of our pants. We went out, we raised money, we were making it up, we were figuring it out as we went along. Um, and then in, you know, we went live 2015 do you remember the first the first uh, investor check that you got? What was bring me bring oh, me back? Oh, our our oh yeah. So so as I mentioned, my partner did pretty well. He had a lot of friends with money. Uh, our initial round, we raised about one point two million bucks. Uh, you know, just friends and family. We, yeah. we never. Who, who was it. who was the first? Do you remember? Just a friend, just friends yeah. of my my partner. You know, I have a cousin who came. Did they in. believe in? Did they believe in you, or did they believe in the product? Because it's the it's no, the it was co- all the, it was all him and me. It's like the jockey we, and the horse, right? Oh, like, we had a friend. We were out to dinner the other night with a friend of ours, and they were like, "We knew nothing about what you were doing. We wanted to put some money, in. <laughs> and, and they done really well about. with it. That we wanted to invest in you. You know, yeah. we believe in you. You yeah. were passionate about it. We it sounded like a good idea." You know, there were so many times going through the chasm, as they call it, in, in startup bill. You know, yep. you can. It, it's my, it's Owen, my partner used to say. You know, it was up to us to kill it. It was yeah. ours to kill, and and we survived. We survived. We made some bad decisions, of course. Everybody does. And was it know, harder to start the restaurant or harder to start the tech company? Oh, tech company, way harder, way harder. <laughs> I had no idea the amount of resources. That are required, like yeah. just just staggering. I mean, I started a restaurant on fifteen grand, yeah. you know, and then flew by the seat of our pants. Yeah, it, it's just like a million. Like it, 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 the amounts of money are just staggering. Sure, you know, to, to to do tech, and then uh, so we went live in February twenty fifteen. February. Our, I still remember our first customer. You know, I, I won't say who it is. It was a bagel shop. Okay, and. At the time he signed up, he was eighty thousand dollars behind in sales tax. No, just like you. Well, uh, you're yeah, just you're, like us. You're yeah, that's true. Through eighty grand, yeah. And uh, you know, so I knew I knew that you know people who were out there like me struggling would want this. I knew, we never doubted that we would be successful. Never for an instant doubted that there would be a need for this and that people would want it. Well, I would argue that Davo is the most important need in the tech stack. Once you once you solve the cloud computing and the the primary technology partner, whoever your point of sale provider is, once you solve that and you have a strong partnership, I mean, taking care of something that every single restaurant, no matter what, no, it's bagel no shop, coffee shop, it's any small business actually, any small yeah. business. It's, we're, this is way beyond way beyond restaurants. Yes. Yeah. Right. You have you sell something, you need to pay sales tax on it. And if you don't automate that system, it's up to you. And if you're, you know, if you're sure. like me and my business partner, when we first opened, it's exactly what you said in the beginning is that we thought that that money was ours until the bill came and it said, Hey, you owe this amount of money. And we go, we don't have that. Right. Right. <laughs> you don't well, have you know that money. Is. You know what it is. You look at your bank account as your PL. Correct. You know, oh, you have money in the bank. Oh, yeah, we got money in the account. Payroll this week. No problem. Yeah. yeah well, six grand of that belongs to the state of California. Yeah. What's right? a business owner's favorite favorite number? Gross sales. Yeah, right. <laughs> gross sales doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> Those know, aren't gross so, sales. The, a merchant once said to me, you know, we the problem with sales tax is we collect pennies and pay dollars. Yes. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's it. That's exactly it. You know, you sell a dollar cup of coffee, you, uh, you know, four bucks, you collect 32 cents. How did 32 cents become six grand? Yeah. <laughs> Explain that to me. And the states that are quarterly, quarterly, that's it. It's a, a system designed to fail. It is quarterly it, is a disaster. It, it's a total disaster, complete. The merchant, it, it is just the worst thing going. And and so so anyway, you know, 2015, we went live, continued to grow, 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 grow. Um and then you, in, how how did you get traction? Bring bring me back to those first. I mean, because getting your first client is a big is a big deal. 
Yeah. Getting, getting one client, you know, going live on a website and then adding a sales team eventually, <laughs> like all of these so, things have to happen. Yeah, how, so, did it, how did it go down? So our business model is never to have a sales team and uh, to sell direct to our end user. Our, we sell through channel partners. So we Makes sell through Clover, yep. we sell through Toast, uh, Revel, all of our point of sale partners are re basically resellers of us. So our job and what, what we had to learn was we had to convince our partners of the value of Davo. Yep. You know, so look at, let's just take Clover, for instance, the Clover app market, was it three, 400 apps, you know, this is our competition. We're fighting for screen time with yep. all these other apps. So how important is the app that prints a fortune on your receipt compared to the app that pays your sales tax? Yes. <laughs> okay, what's the value? And, and so teams got it pretty quickly that we make that customer sticky when they are in the point of sale, which is the whole purpose of the point of sale is to make the customer sticky to and loyal to that company. But we add that extra degree of loyalty. Oh, they do my scheduling, my payroll, yep. my sales tax, you know, the tech stack. What's yep. the most important thing? I, I think, it, you know, the tech stack is, is become the buzzword the past year or so. You that's know? how we, that's how, that's how you and I met. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, but that's really become the buzzword. And I always tell people like divide your restaurant at the counter where the cash register, where the POS sits, you know, on one side is the front door and on the other side is the back door. On the front door side, you're just driving customers, loyalty, gift card, you know, specials, whatever it is, all those apps, just think about those. What are your choices? Third-party delivery, all that's on the front door. The back door, how much of that can I get rid of? Because it doesn't make any money for you. It doesn't earn you, it doesn't attribute to your bottom line. How much of that can I simplify, automate, reduce risk? You know, we talked about payroll. Well, payroll is tied into schedule. So you should have a seven shifts of payroll that's tied, whether it's Gusto or Homebase, whatever there. You have a bunch of choices that are all linked together that run through the POS at the counter, but connect to the back door. Davo in there, inventory, uh, hiring. Indeed. So a lot of these uh, scheduling apps are now connected to Indeed or to, to hiring apps. Yep. So uh, Caterees, Easy Cater, you know, those apps, those are the back of your house. I mean, they're front and back. So much of this stuff now can be automated. I work with someone, it's a company called Bookkeep. And Jason uh, who, Rickelson, who started Bookkeep, started Shopkeep. And so he sold Shopkeep to light to Lightspeed. And but he started his company Bookkeep. And his he said our goal is to basically just make bookkeeping automatic. Yes. There's any reason that this is just data. It just yeah. needs to be organized, you know. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. It, it, it is so hard today to run a restaurant. I couldn't imagine. Like with all everybody's a critic, you know, everybody gets an opinion and they're gonna put it online. You know, we were at the very beginning of that. And and God, I just hated it when people would like put shit online. <laughs> they, you know, it was like, like when you went home, did you just like write this review in your car? Like, <laughs> you know, you're, we haven't even washed your plate yet. And you're writing a review about your meal, you know? And uh, so I, I just don't envy that, but it just get rid of the minutiae of your business how much of that can you automate and sales tax as you said it's just so important to 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 get it off your plate forget about it i mean the biggest challenge for me someone said what's the what do you think is what's the hardest part of your job what's the biggest surprise for you and all that you've done you know i said the hardest thing is convincing a merchant they should actually use us <laughs> like yeah. wh why do you want to do this why do you want to pay a bookkeeper to do this they don't want to do it either so. Yeah, I think what's what's exciting for me is back to how we started the show, which was talking about the belief in the internet and understanding that it's such a stupid question because <laughs> the internet's all around us and in our right. homes, in our pockets, the in our businesses, sure. um, the internet of things. I mean, so much of this is how does it all 
work together? You know, how is it not patchwork together? What are the true integration partners so that you can truly work on your business instead of in your business? You know, and that's what our, what our driving force is, is not just for the restaurant industry, but for all small business owners. I mean, right. small business owners, we have dreams to become entrepreneurs, to be our own bosses, but that dream isn't to, you know, sacrifice our, our health and our family and our lives, totally. you know, working day in day out so that we don't have any weekends we don't have any vacations that's not the dream yeah. you know the dream is to figure out how do we leverage technology automation and all of the things that are available to us so that we can do what we love to do which is create you right. know we're we're the original creators business owners entrepreneurs right. we're we talk about a creator economy where people are really good at telling stories on the internet they're very good yeah. at youtube or they're very good at podcasting or blogging well the original creators are entrepreneurs you know Absolutely. these entrepreneurs we you know and not just not just for one solution but multi solutions mm -hmm. you know so many of what we do is like understanding Toast is our primary technology partner. The fact that you integrate so well with Toast and that is helps more people that are in the Toast ecosystem, 74,000 restaurants that are on Toast. It's how do we get more of those restaurants to stop worrying about sales tax? Yeah, you have a tool. You have something available to you, you know? And and I hear I hear day in and day out, uh, third-party apps, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, so hard to manage the tax because of the marketplace facilitator laws, you know, in each state, it's a little bit different. And I'm like, you use Toast. They yeah. do this so well. They do yeah. it so well. They came to us and said, how should we, what should we do with sales tax on these? And we were like, here's how you have to do it. This is what we need to see. You know, you need the ability to turn sales tax on or off based on those orders going into the POS. The POS is the record of sale. And, and that's what they did. And it's 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 awesome. We have so many other POSs that people just struggle because the integrations are not, they haven't paid attention to it. I mean, we had a POS company tell us, oh, we did a direct integration with Grubhub, but we didn't take into account sales tax. It's like, what, are you kidding me? How can, you can't just inject the order as a gross sale. It's gotta be a sale with that. It, it, you know, welcome to our world. Is the, the the pool we swim in? So, so some as someone that uh, that graduated from Juilliard and someone that's graduated from Yale with an emphasis in music and that teaches yeah. music, what's yeah. the correlation between music and technology? Oh, it's all creative. It flows through my hands. I mean, I type like crazy. It, my brain is connected to my fingers. I don't think it just goes. It's the same way. You walk in the walk-in refrigerator and you walk out with an armful of stuff and you <laughs> you, cook. you don't think about it, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 look. I, I am a, I'm a horrible employee if you want me to 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 do like a daily routine of you know <laughs> email this, call this, follow up, blah. Yeah. I am not that person. You want someone to talk about and evangelize why you should do this. I mean, I, I'm thinking on a new role now at Avalara bit of, of working with states and yes. sort of evangelizing. And I'm like, I don't want us, we don't need a sales motion. Correct. To say, we're not trying to sell them. We're trying to evangelize them. Yep. You would be so much better off and profitable and sale, collecting sales tax or productive in collecting sales tax if you automated it. You know, our, I looked at, I, I was talking with one of our operations people the other day and I said, out of all the thousands and thousands of returns we file each month, how many of them get filed without 100% of sales tax collected because we collect sales tax daily. We're setting yep. it aside every day. But at the end of the tax period, how many out of all those thousands do we not have enough funds to send to the state? And they said about 150. Okay. So 150 out of all these thousands comes down to like amazing tiny percentage, tiny, tiny. And I was thinking, how many returns don't get filed with the state? or even where they return, file the return without enough money. It's far greater. Like when you automate this process and you don't make it reactive, which is the current sales tax process. Yep. It's like, okay, we operated for a whole month. Now we have to, the state is waiting for you to send that money. You know, we're proactive. We reach right into the bank account, take that money out. So you're not tempted to use it. We set it aside. So it's a, Proactive is far better than reactive. 
and speaking yeah. my language. Yes, yeah. proactive so we, is always we, better than reactive. Yeah, we manage sales tax proactively. And so we're far more efficient at it. And we're trying to, to build a use case to the states and say, this is ridiculous. You just give Davo away to the states or give it to small businesses yes. and, and you'll collect a lot more money. We'll make you far more efficient uh, and compliant. Well, I think one of the one of the most exciting things is understanding that the internet is everywhere. You know, we are so focused, hyper focused here in the United States. You know, especially in our own villages as restaurant owners. I care about my barbecue restaurants here in San Diego, but I, you know, behind me, if you're watching this on on YouTube, is a picture yeah. of New York City, and that's a reminder yeah. to think big. You know, yeah. my wife is from Bulgaria. When I go to Bulgaria every summer, I have conversations with small business owners, people who own clothing companies, who own bars, who own restaurants. The same conversations that I have that you and I are having about the internet, about automation, about using sure. digital hospitality tools to so that they can work on growing their business, build more profitable businesses, doing things to make their lives better for their employees. All of this stuff matters. You know, when you think about the company that that purchased Davo, now Avalara, and now the impact that Avalara can have on this global community of business owners. Sure. What, what what gets you excited about that opportunity? Uh, well, you know, in the United States, you have 48 states that collect sales tax. You have 13,000 tax jurisdictions. Which when states you, don't collect sales tax? Delaware, Montana. Delaware and Montana, really? Yeah, so even New Hampshire that. that has no sales tax, they have a lodging tax, restaurant lodging tax. Okay. Uh, Alaska does not have a state sales tax. They have a municipal tax, like so they can have it at the city level. So so states, even the ones that say they don't, most of them have some sort of- uh, Tourism tax? Consumer, yeah, it's consumption tax, you know, consumer tax. Got it. After. Yep. Um, but but you look at a state, you know, you look at some of these uh, European countries and they have a national sales tax. You know, one place you pay one government entity, you know, and, and people people bitch about sales tax. Oh, I got to pay this. It's like, no, you're not paying it. Look, you want the firemen to show up when your restaurant's on fire. You know, you got to pay these guys. You want teachers to show up and teach your kids. You This is... This is part of living in a civilized society, yep. you know, and everybody pays into this system. In the U.S., we don't have a national sales tax, but it's actually been in the news lately of a national tax. Interesting. Uh, I mean, it's kind of insane the way they're proposing it. It's it's totally regressive and it's not, uh, you know, the, the people who make the least amount of money pay the largest proportion in taxes when you have a, a sales tax like that. But But there are many countries around the world that have a national sales tax. And, you know, the big thing of Avalara, Avalara is an e-commerce. They're really based on tax for e-commerce and cross-border, that enormously complicated. And now with companies like Amazon and, you know, shipping cross-border and stuff, this becomes more and more uh, uh, complex. And, and that's why Avalara is the global leader in this and their, their future of growth. They were just required by Vista Equity Partners because of the huge, huge growth potential uh, of Avalara. But Davo is the fastest growing, one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing business unit within awesome. Avalara. We're the smallest. We're, one, yep. <laughs> we're still tiny compared to the rest, but we're growing exponentially compared to all the other, the, the other businesses. So, so somebody's listening to this, they're a small business owner, they're a restaurant owner, pizza owner, and yeah. they go, David, I love it. I love automation. How much does it cost and how fast can I get this? How fast can I get signed up? You can get signed up immediately. If you go to DavoSalesTax.com, you click on your POS integration there, uh, enter some basic information about your business and a, a bank account routing number and the app will turn itself on instantly. So if you signed up today, Tomorrow morning, you're going to see today's sales tax debited from your account. It's going to happen immediately. Uh, Davo is a flat fee. It is $49.99 per rooftop. So for each location, it's $49.99. However, 27 states actually give you a refund when you pay your sales tax on time. Wow. So you take a state like New York, where if you are under $300,000 a quarter in revenue, you're a quarterly filer, you're going to get 5% of the tax remitted back to you up to $200 a quarter. 
Okay, Davos 50 bucks a month, so it's 150 a quarter. $200 is not a lot. It's percentage. It's like eight, four grand in sales tax, you know, yeah. in a quarter. It's not a lot. So you're going to get $200 back. So net, net, Davos free in New York. Wow. And you're going to get 50 bucks back in your pocket for coffee. Wow. You know, how is not every restaurant, like? small business on Davos? How's that yeah, possible? Yeah, what part of it? The state is subsidizing it. Yep. They're subsidized. Jordan, they should. They should. Absolutely, they should. Absolutely. The states can't do what you guys, the patent that you put on this and the, the work that you've done, they should. They should, absolutely. You know, it's funny, in the state of Maine, they uh, the state runs these classes that you can go and take. The Department of Revenue runs a class on how to manage sales tax. Okay. Oh, really? And and they charge you 50, <laughs> they charge you 50 bucks. Oh, really? And it's for what you know, they feed you breakfast and lunch. I'm yep. like, charge you. They should be paying you 50 bucks to they go should. to the class. You know. <laughs> so so I, I would love to just get on it. part of the the hardest topic, I think, is probably the one that um we don't talk about, which is the shame associated with sales tax and with oh. things that we can't control as as business yeah. owners and i yeah. will be the first to let everyone know that you know corey my business partner when we first started um there were times when we got those bills for mm-hmm. sales tax and we did not have the money to cover them and we had to go, i sucked at it we had totally. to go we had to go and talk to our yeah. local authorities and state authorities and ask them to split up the payments because we sure. couldn't we couldn't make the payments and we wanted to stay in business yeah. why do you think it's such a hard topic for uh for restaurants for humans to talk about well so so i, I have to tell you a funny anecdote funny story we have this guy he started uh, after katrina in in the back of his parents store uh i'm gonna give him a shout out maple leaf hamburgers and in new orleans okay and, and they uh they got behind on sales tax. They changed the they changed POS companies just to come to Davos, and and we got them all caught up. And and he told me, uh, so they have like five locations now. But he told me after we started using Davos, I had to go in and renew my liquor license, and they would never let you renew it if you didn't if you were behind on sales tax. Yeah. And it was like previously it was like the walk of shame. You would walk in, he'd pay his tax, and whatever. He goes now. I walk in there, I'm proud. <laughs> You know, it's all oh, my taxes are all paid. I just go in there and renew it. It's like this totally different feeling. So, so here's my take on sales tax. And this is this is how I felt about it when I did it. Every time I paid my sales tax, I felt like it was a dagger going into my heart. Yes. It was like I'm writing a check to the state of New Jersey that's bigger than my paycheck. And what did I get for this? What did I get? I got nothing. It didn't bring me more customers, didn't buy inventory, didn't hire an employee. I got nothing. I got zero zilch for this. Yeah, you know, of course, the fire department comes when your place is on fire. But as a business owner, that's not what you're thinking. This is an emotional. It, it's right here in, in you when you when you have that payment. And the beauty of Davo is it, it gets that out of you. It goes to somebody, let somebody else worry about that. And this is the mantra within the company. We do not want to cause pain to our customers. We are here to make their lives easier. And we have said this from day one. And by putting that little bit of money aside every day, you know, which would you rather do? You know, a hundred bucks a day or three grand once a month? I'll take the hundred bucks a day all day long. And I'll pay you to do that. Gladly, you know, and and this is the beauty, and this is the the beauty of automation and 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 what we do. And merchants tell us it is such a weight off my shoulders. I don't think about this anymore. I don't worry. If you go read our reviews online, the word worry shows up in eighty percent of our reviews. Yeah. I no longer worry about this. And, and worry is stress like that in your business. Look, there are plenty of things to stress about. Stress about the, the wedding that's coming up that you have to cater for 500 people. Stress about that because that's a lot of revenue. Don't stress about the fact that you have to write a check for 10 grand to the state of California. You know, you're going to have stresses in your business. You know, 
but manage the stress and don't have undue. And sales tax is just one of those things. There, there is no reason to stress about it when there is a tool out there to automate it and make it better and easier for you. So true. So for those of you that are uh, listening, we, we like to say my grandfather, he taught me to stay curious, to get involved, to ask for help. Uh, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't a curious person, uh, if you weren't trying to improve your business and uh, you, you have to get involved. So that's why every Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, we're on the social audio at Clubhouse. Um, please join us. Tell us the story of your small business. Tell us about social media. Tell us about your sales problems, your marketing problems. Uh, we've got an incredible group of leaders from all over the globe uh, that join us in this community. So it's every Wednesday, every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's the app on Clubhouse. This week, I want to give a shout out to Chip Close. Chip Close is a fellow podcaster. He also was speaking with me at the Western Food Expo. Um, that is where I first ran into David. David uh, saw my tech stack presentation and he said, you are already using Davo and you don't even know it. And I said, yeah. tell me more. And the more that I learned about Davo, the more that I realized um, everything that we do, everything that we believe in is digital hospitality. And Davo is a solution that um, solves a serious pain point that restaurant owners have, um, not just restaurant owners, in any business that collects sales tax, which is pretty much every business, um, sure. can use automation and can use a digital hospitality tool like Davo. So, David, thank you so much for your time. Um, what's the best way for people to uh, to get signed up? Uh, just go to DavoSalesTax.com. Perfect. And sign up from there. If you go there, if you want to learn more, if you want a demo, uh, just scroll to the bottom of the page at the footer. It says schedule a demo. And believe it or not, you'll get my calendar. There you, you go. Schedule time with me. You want to have a chat? Happy to do it. You want to talk about how to manage your inventory and uh, stuff like that? You know, I'm happy to share my Excel sheet. I've shared it with a lot of people, how we used to manage our, our food costs in the awesome. restaurant. It's a, it's a proven method. It works really, really well. So. Beautiful. Well, thank yeah. you all for listening to the show. We're we're grateful. I'm weirdly available. Um, if you want to ask for help, that's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. That's on Instagram. That's on LinkedIn. That's on TikTok. Or you can just email me, Sean, at CaliBBQ.media. Thank you so much, David, for your time. We are grateful. Um, and we will catch you guys all next week. Thank you. Hey, thanks, everybody. Take care.